Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Listen for the word of God. Our ears are open. This is Ephesians 3, starting with verse 14. This is why I kneel before the Father. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. I ask that he will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of his glory through the Spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith. As a result of having strong roots in love, I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth, together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge, so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Glory to God who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Jesus Christ for all generations forever and always. Amen. invite you to pray with me. God, who is always speaking, our ears are open to hear your word today. Amen. I invite you to keep that scripture out. I know some of you already put it away. Um, it is very much my preaching style that I, I believe God lives in the details and I really like to focus on the details of Scripture. And so you do not have to follow along, um, but I do invite you to do that in the text. These are short, a short eight verses. 
just eight verses from Paul, um, and yet I find them to be some of the most powerful words in the Bible. That's a really, that's a really bold statement. The Bible's really long, <laughs> um, and yet I believe it to be true, um, because this prayer in Ephesians by Paul outlines the transformative work of God. The transformative work of God through God's grace and the work that God does within us and the work God, that God does around us. It's really powerful. It's really dense. And so I'm excited to get started with you today in Ephesians Ephesians isn't a letter to address a specific issue. Sometimes Paul writes, and it's a spe- Paul is addressing a specific issue in a community. But Ephesians is a general Christian letter. Um, I, you might have noticed that I was reading from a different translation than what you have. I was reading from the Common English Bible. Um, and it has this little note in it. Um, And it says that a great benefit of the letter's general character is that it gives us a good summary of Paul's basic understanding of Christian thought and Christian living. So it's just generic. It's just a generic Christian letter, (laughs) which might sound kind of boring. You're like, wow, this lady is preaching on um, the generics to all of us. Um, And I also would say that it applies to all of us. It applied to the Ephesians, and it is very much applicable to us today as a generic Christian group. Paul, so how did we get to this text? Because Paul, Paul starts out kind of funny um, in the whole, actually in this whole series in Ephesians, where he starts his passages with, for this reason. And then you keep kind of having to jump back, and you're like, for what reason? What were you talking about, Paul? <laughs> And so, um, he, he's just explained in the first half of Ephesians, this is what Christ has done. These are all the amazing things that Christ has done. And then he goes into, this is what Christ will do through you. And in the middle of Ephesians, we find this prayer, a short, poignant prayer that's packed with a dense theological understanding of how we relate to God and to others. There are several verses in here that I could do a whole sermon on. It's that dense. But I believe today in the collective power of these verses together and what they have to say to us about God's grace. All of God's grace How many of you are a cradle Methodist, what we like to call a cradle Methodist? I'm a cradle Methodist. I was born Methodist, raised Methodist, seeking ordination in the Methodist church. (laughs) Um, How many of you have just been Methodist for quite some time? Anybody? Anybody um, come to us by way of another denomination, pretty recent Methodist? That would be my husband right there. (laughs) Um, And then another as well. Um, So in the Methodist church, we talk a lot about the different types of grace from God. So we've got prevenient grace, justifying grace, and sanctifying grace. 
Now, that's a very Wesleyan thing. That's a very John Wesley thing, the founder of Methodism. And Paul didn't know John Wesley. Paul didn't know the United Methodist Church. Um, but I, the more I've studied this te text in deep understanding and study of this text, I've begun to understand that it's the different ways and types of grace that God gives us to experience alongside God. And so Paul starts with that phrase that I told you about, for this reason, and he was referring to the verses ahead of these and how Paul is imprisoned and suffering. Anyone feel like they might have been imprisoned working from home suffering this year? Which leads Paul to write this prayer for others in hopes that they find strength to experience God's grace and the depth and capacity that he has experienced God. He starts the prayer in verse 15 saying, Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. All other versions, not all other versions, other versions say family or clan. There are no qualifiers here, right? So Paul doesn't say um, these people of this particular geographical region or these people with these political beliefs or these people with this shape nose or this color skin or these beliefs. Paul gives no qualifiers. Paul says everybody. Everybody. We in the United Methodist Church recognize that to be God's prevenient grace. The grace that comes before us. That is freely given. No ifs, ands, or buts. No qualifiers. And it is given by God for everybody. And so that's how, um, that's how Paul starts this. He's like, first things first. Let's get it straight. No questions. This is for everybody. And so in good prayer structure, I don't know how much y'all have studied prayer structure, but in good prayer structure, Paul then moves to the petitions. And he's got several petitions. And he starts at verse 16 asking for strength. And this is not just strength like the Hulk. I don't know about y'all, but Black Widow just came out in the movie theaters. Um, and so we've been watching the Marvel movies. <laughs> And so I think about the Hulk and how much strength the Hulk has. But that's not the strength that, that Paul is speaking about here. Paul is speaking about our inner strength. The strength that comes from within us. And it's a much deeper strength that can only come from the Holy Spirit. Um, so why on earth is Paul asking for strength? If it's something that comes from the Spirit, why is Paul asking for strength? It's because he knows how hard, he knows how absolutely hard this life and faith journey is. I bet you've experienced this kind of inner strength in yourself this past year, 16 months, or in your lifetime. Or if you haven't experienced it yourself, you've, experiencing, you've experienced it and witnessed it through other people 
who have experienced incredibly hard things this year and previous to that. I, have, I don't know about you, but I've got several people in my head right now that I'm thinking about, that that inner strength came from inside themselves by the Spirit to do the unimaginable, to withstand the unimaginable, because that strength comes from God. I'll share a couple of stories of how we've seen this at camp this year, right? So we show up at camp, at Project Transformation Camp, and for a lot of our kids, it was their first time being back in person with other kids. They didn't go back to school in person, Um, and they just started blurting out their lives. I'm not kidding. Kaya might be laughing, Um, because these kids just showed up, and they just like, they're like, oh, other people, I'm going to tell you all about my life. We have one girl that shows up and she tells us that her, she's nine. She's nine, Kaya? She's nine. And her mom died of COVID. And she just starts blurting out (laughs) things about death um, and really hard things that she's grappling with as a nine-year-old, right? That's just one example of the hard things Um, we have seen and witnessed that kids have experienced coming back to camp. I myself have experienced hard things in the summer alone, right? So not like losing my mom. My mom's here in the sanctuary. (laughs) Um, But I have just experienced some hard things. Um, There was one day a couple weeks ago um, where it was like a triple whammy. It, it was like, God, I cannot take one more thing. Someone calls from my other site, and they're like, I got to tell you something serious. Can you handle it? And my program director and I are in the background like, no. No, we cannot handle it. We can take no more. Um, and it's by the strength of God alone. And God gives us this inner strength to face these hard things. I was um, unpacking this with a pastor this week. And she said, Diane, we're seeing hard things everywhere. And so Paul knows that it's hard. Paul knows in the first century, in his general letter to the church, that this is going to be hard. And that the strength only comes from within us by the Spirit. It's that inner strength. What is it for? What is that strength for? This is where um, we get into what we call justifying grace here in the United Methodist Church. We've outlined what provenient grace is, so it comes before us. It's for everybody. It's given freely by God. And justifying grace is where we, by faith, say, "I, I want to also have a relationship with you, God. So provenient grace that has come down to us and justifying grace is where we say, yeah, I want to be a part of this by faith. I believe. I want to do this. In the Methodist church, we like to use the analogy of a house and a door, and we stand at the threshold of a door, and we say yes. And we, if you've ever taught a confirmation class, I'm pretty sure um, they used this analogy. <laughs> but we open the door um, to all the other possibilities of the ways in which we experience God through that door. 
Paul talks about it here in verse 17 about Christ living in our hearts. So I'm kind of going to mix the two analogies about living in our hearts and also the house. So verse 17 says, I ask that Christ live in your hearts through faith. So it is, by, it is through the faith of saying, yes, I also want to have this relationship with you, God. Um, I recognize you've given me grace freely. I'm saying yes, and I believe, and I want to give it back. And be in what we, I'm going to use a term here that we use a lot at Project Transformation, a mutual relationship. A mutual relationship. So at Project Transformation, we define that as everybody's a learner and everybody's a teacher. We also describe it as everybody is a giver and everybody is a receiver, right? And so it's this transition from God giving us grace to us responding. We're not just the receiver, but we're also the giver. I believe I'm here. I choose to do this with you, God, mutually. And Paul talks about Christ living in our hearts, and Candace did a really great job talking about that earlier. I loved this. I was like, oh, we should do that at camp this week. Um, I, I think the moment for me that I really understood what it meant for Christ to live in my heart um, in a way that made sense to me intellectually and instead of just feeling it, um, is a song. It's actually a gospel song by Jacqueline Carr called Stay With Me. In the beginning of the song, she speaks saying, God, begin to speak to me. When you think about company, they come over to your house. And at some point, because they're company, they've got to go. But with me, I want you to be the person who can stay with you for the rest of your life. So my prayer was to God, you are the company that never has to leave me. So I need you to stay with me. I love that. I love that she does that before the song. And then the whole song is about um, that God lives in us and with us, and that God just never leaves. Um, and, our, and if our heart is a house that we allow company over, we've got to make room in our hearts. What good does it do us to open up the door to say, yes, I believe, and we've opened up a door to a house of a hoarder, right? Have you all seen those crazy shows where there's hoarders, or um, maybe you know a hoarder, and there's just no room for anything, right? You can't walk in their house. There's nothing you can do in the house. And, um, and maybe you're a hoarder physically or also um, figuratively, that you're holding so much in here that you're not making room for Christ to come into your house and to be with you. And I don't just mean like giving Christ a drawer and a toothbrush, right? Christ gets the master suite with the nice attached bathroom. 
Christ gets to cook in the kitchen. I'm taking the metaphor a little bit far, but y'all understand what I mean by we have to make room for Christ in our heart to stay with us because Christ is the company that never leaves. Y'all, it's hard to live with somebody. Can I get an amen from that? It's hard um, to be accountable to them. This funny thing happened before, now mom's going to laugh. I was terrible about keeping my room clean as a kid, um, and even into my adult life. Um, But then this magic thing happened when I got married that 98% of the time my bedroom is actually pretty clean Um, because I'm accountable to somebody else. And that's hard. That's really hard to be accountable to somebody else all the time. And when we've chosen to believe and to say yes to God and enter that mutual relationship, we are accountable to God. And that's hard. And that's why Paul asked for strength for us. Because it's hard to be in that space. It's no longer a one-way street. This provenient grace of God coming before us and by faith, I say, yes, I want to do this. We've entered in to some of that mutual relationship building that I've talked about. And it's about living with our arms wide open. So how exactly do we, I mean really, figuratively and literally, how do we make room in our heart for Christ? What does that look like? A wise pastor here in the North Georgia Conference taught me to live, and if I live like this, y'all can do this with me. If I live like this, holding on to what I know, what I'm afraid to let go of, there is no room to receive. But if I begin to live my life with my hands open, giving and receiving, there is room for that mutual relationship. There's room for that justifying grace to do its transformative work in me and through me with those around me. There is room for that. It is this mutuality with Christ that God allows us to live with our hearts and our arms wide open. I firmly believe that there's a reason Christ died with his arms wide open. And open. Paul then says in the second half of verse 17, as a result of this, you will have strong roots in love. As a result of opening the door and entering into this mutual relationship where we're living with our arms open, ready to give and receive, that we will be firmly rooted in love. Now, when I think about firmly rooted in love, I think about when we moved into our house And we had these volunteer trees in our garden that had been there for like 14 plus years. 
Anyone tried to pull up a tree that you didn't want there that maybe volunteer otherwise for over 14 years? Anyone? Anyone? Well, we were determined to get them out somehow. So Chris attached um, somehow, this is not my gift, but he somehow attached it to the riding lawnmower, and still then he couldn't pull the tree out. That's how rooted in love we are. And we've got a firm foundation, rooted in love, rooted in Christ. So that's the result, is the root in love. And then Paul reaches his next petition in verse 18. I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width, love's length, love's height, and love's depth. Now, I'm only three-dimensional, so <laughs> I can only explain that with my hands so much. But, but Paul is asking that we have the power to grasp that. Why on earth do we need the power to grasp that? Because it's beyond our human nature. It is absolutely beyond our human nature to be this way. It is so easy to doubt that God's love has this much power. It can be easy to slip and to doubt how powerful the love of God can be, again, because it's hard. How does God love people who have oppressed me? How do I love the people who have hurt me deeply? Who have lied to me? Who have deceived me? Insert your own question here. Because God's love is that powerful. And God asks us to do the same. But first, we have to understand. In order to do the same, we have to understand how deep and wide and long and high God's love is. Because remember, back to the first point, it's for everybody. And how wide and how deep is that love really? Verse 19 is where Paul finally takes us to sanctifying grace. So we've been in justifying grace for quite some time. We've been in the house. Um, we've talked about a lot of petitions. We're rooted in love. We're understanding the power and the breadth of that love. And Paul takes us to sanctifying grace to where we know the love of God. And I don't mean no, like with our brains and knowledge, but in our hearts, in our bodies, in our fingers, in our toes, in our souls, that there are not even words to describe it. I forget which theologian this was in the medieval times, so forgive me. But he talked about the closer and closer we get to God, the fewer and fewer words we have to describe God. It is that magnificent, it is that divine, it is that overwhelming that there are no more words. That we fully know the love of God. 
And it is that space that we are sanctified. We are one with Christ, one with the Spirit, one with each other, and we are transformed. Church, these are the types of grace by which we experience God and are asked to live out our relationship with God and the world as outlined by Paul so nicely in this prayer. Maybe even hidden a little bit. It's so short. And it's first by recognizing that God, everyone is in God's family and that we are all loved by God. Exactly. I mean exactly the way we are. And we are all a part of God's family. Second, by faith we are entered into this mutual relationship with God. It is by faith that we enter that mutual relationship, always learning, always growing, always giving and receiving with our arms wide open, working towards our Christian perfection, beginning to understand the true power and love of God by allowing Christ to live within us and in our hearts. And finally, we surpass the knowledge, and it is by these types of grace that we are sanctified in the Spirit, one with Christ, one in the body, one in ministry with all the world, because we are living with our arms wide open, wide open, always ready to give and receive, leading us no choice, leaving us no choice. We're standing here in the fullness of God's love, and we have no choice but to let it overflow and to share it with everybody around us. To where we enter into mutual, transformative relationships with the people around us as a true extension of Christ. And so, God, has, we've entered into this mutual relationship, and we're overflowing, and we're in these mutual relationships with each other. A generic letter for a generic Christian church. So transformative, so powerful. It's amazing what the Spirit can do in unimaginable, unimaginable ways. Now, I said it was short, but I didn't say it was simple. This was a really long sermon. This was a really long sermon for me because it's that dense. It's that important. It's that powerful because God is that powerful and that magnificent. And Paul knows this. And so he ends almost with this benediction prayer. Glory to God who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all genera generations, forever and always. Amen.
thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.